So I am going to preach the fastest sermon you ever heard in your life. How many are going to hold me to it, huh? All right. Oh, 18 seconds. All right, here we go. I want you to turn in your scriptures if you would. Exodus chapter 12, verses 12 through 13. I'm going to read this and get into it. I'm actually going to cut down. I actually have two messages in here today. It's amazing how the services went because I had two messages. I was like, Lord, what are you doing? I, I've prepared both of these messages, and I don't know which one you're going to go with. And he's, he's just kind of not, he's, yeah, he's just kind of going with all of it. Everything's happened in this service to just show me I needed both of them. So when we're going to see what can happen in 10 minutes and 37 seconds, i got to quit fellowshipping. All right, Exodus chapter 12. Listen to what this says. For I will pass through the land of Egypt on that night and will strike all the firstborn in the land of Egypt, both man and beast, and against all the gods of Egypt, I will execute judgment. I am the Lord. Now the blood shall be a sign for you on the houses where you are. And when I see the blood, I will pass over you, and the plague shall not be on you to destroy you when I strike the land of Egypt. We know they were the enemies of God. They were determined like the first Hitler to destroy the people of God. They had them in bondage, and it had come time for the exodus and God put together a system that was something that would be a foreshadow of what would be to come through Jesus Christ you and I don't understand sometimes but I'm telling you there's a method to the salvation experience in the cross of Jesus Christ there's a method and a plan in that and I want to talk in the minutes that I have I want to try to get the message across to you under the blood And so, in Jesus' name, everybody said amen. You may be seated. Never before has a message been so necessary and yet so neglected in most churches. Perilous and dark and dangerous times are here. And to ignore this message right here is to your own peril. With all that's going on in this world, I wouldn't stand up to the the evil in this world, the violence and the protesting, the terrorism. I wouldn't try to stand up in all of this on my own. There is no way. I believe with all my heart we have got to have something within our salvation experience that brings strength and grace and brings this ability to overcome. I believe we're meant to be overcomers. And here's how it works. Eight minutes, 14 seconds. If you say amen a lot, We get out early. If you sit there like a lump on a log, I think you're not getting it and we'll be here till 3 (laughs) o'clock. All right. I think I got you. But here's what I want to... Well, let's not get too excited. All right. We've got to understand that there is power. We sing that old song. You remember it? There's wonder-working power. In the blood of the Lamb. Power, wonder-working power. In the precious blood. I'm totally off-key. 
We'll sing it at the end. <laughs> Power in the blood. We talk about that and we understand it spiritually, religiously, we understand it. But you know, when we really get down to the brass tacks of what that really means to our families and to our lives, we need a, we need a fresh understanding, a revelation of what it really genuinely means. My mom used to pray over us kids. Every one of us, when we were young and we were getting ready to go out to the, to the school bus, every day of my life, clear up until 12th grade, I remember from 1st grade to 12th grade, we were not allowed to go out that door, but when my mother didn't snap her fingers and all of us lined up right by the door, and one by one, she laid her hands on us and prayed over us. And you know what she said? She said, I plead the blood of Jesus Christ over my children. She said, I pray over them. I pray protection. I pray against the enemy. Rebuke every demon in hell that will try to interfere with my kids. Keep them safe. Bless them, favor them, and order their steps, Lord. And she said, I plead the blood. She pled the blood. She, she didn't know, you know, she didn't necessarily know what all that meant. She wasn't a, a theological scholar of any kind, but she knew how to use it. She may not, maybe couldn't have explained it to you, but she knew there was power in the blood. And let me tell you something. A lot of people today, they give us advice. Pastors, we go to these conferences. And here the last several years, they've been trying to tell us, you know, you need to back off the, the violence. You need to take down the cross because it makes people feel uncomfortable. It makes people feel like, you know, like, like you're pushing some kind of very horrifying kind of thing christianity is a little too bloody they tell us it's a little too violent and you need to calm it down and so a lot of churches have and they've covered up i was at a, a church where they covered up the cross it was for a graduation and they were told that the school wouldn't work in that congregation wouldn't work in that church unless they covered up the cross and so they did it don't anybody ever challenge us to do that because we will never ever cover up the cross ever but they tell us those things because they want us to to be successful they want us to pack our churches so we can make bigger churches so we can be successful but i'm here to tell you this morning I think and believe we need a fresh understanding of the blood of Jesus Christ, the cross of Calvary. We need to understand that the world, the Bible tells us that the world sees the cross, the preaching of the cross as foolish. There's a scripture for that. It says in, I had it wrote down right here in 1 Corinthians chapter 1 and verse 18. For Christ did not send me, Paul said, to baptize, but to preach the gospel. Not with eloquent words of wisdom, lest the cross of Christ be emptied of its power. For the message of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing. But to us who are being saved, it is the power of God. For it is written, I will destroy the wisdom of the wise and the intelligent intelligence of the intelligent i will frustrate their plan for there is power there is power in the cross you and i need to understand this morning what we've experienced and what we know is power and knowing the power of the cross in our lives is your first step 
towards victory. Understanding and knowing as we look back at that Old Testament scripture. And the blood that was over the doorpost that protected the people. God was saying to the Israelites at that time, you've got to be under the blood. You've got to understand that there's a sacrifice in bringing salvation. There's a suffering that goes with the free gift that you've been given. And when you and I understand that principle from the Old Testament, we won't take our salvation today for granted. You see, a lot of times we think we're good enough. We think that we're holy enough. We actually think that we have come through this religious stuff so long that now we can do it with our eyes closed. We think that we're going to stand before God because we've been good. The Bible's very clear to point out, ladies and gentlemen, sorry about this. You're not getting into heaven on your own merit. You're not even allowed up at the gate. You will never walk in heaven's doors. You will never be included in that role that's called up yonder if you have not first come through the cross of Calvary. You have to come through Calvary in order to get to heaven. You can't get there any other way. Oh, they'll tell you. There are many roads to God. There's only one. It was a blood-stained Calvary walk up Golgotha, up a hill. And there, Jesus Christ bought and purchased my salvation. And through the blood, I've been set free. So when we understand that, we don't have a problem with repentance. Did he say that our word? Repentance? You know what? I think we need a fresh understanding as well of the fact that God didn't come to make you feel better. He came to change you. He came to transform you. The Bible talks about, let this mind be in you which was also in Christ Jesus. He is wanting to transform you and I into his image. He's wanting to take the things of our lives, the enemy that has tried so hard to destroy faith and to take away your purity and to take away your character and to ruin your testimony. And God says, I am the God of do-overs. I'm the God of a second chance. I'm the God that has come to take what the enemy meant for harm against you and to use it for good in your life. God wants to turn your life around, but you must allow him through repentance, through the conviction of the Holy Spirit, You have to allow the work of God to be accomplished and done. And it only comes because, as a free gift, we've been given salvation through the blood. The blood of Jesus. We need, once again, to understand that there is power in the blood of Jesus. There's one drop of the blood of Jesus Christ spilled at Calvary's tree was enough to save the entire world. He was the lamb. He was slain from the beginning of the foundations of the earth. He was the only acceptable sacrifice before God. And he gave his life so that you and I could have life. The Bible says in Hebrews chapter 9 and verse 22, Without the shedding of blood, there is no remission of sin. There's no, there is no powerful church. You say, What do you mean when you say powerful church? There's no powerful church. Talking about the kind of power that does change a life. 
that does transform a life, that does turn your circumstance around. I've seen in my life, I don't know about you, I've seen people that have been completely changed by the blood of Jesus Christ. They have come in one way and left another. I've seen drunkards leave a revival service and no longer be drunk. They were sober. They accepted Jesus Christ into their heart and lives. I've seen people who have been healed in my life. Have you? I've seen people healed of diseases. I've seen people healed of cancer. You say, oh, that was just a misdiagnosis. No, it just so happens that there were scans and x-rays and all kinds of reports. And guess what? They were still healed. They were healed by the blood and the power of Jesus Christ. I've seen people whose lives have been transformed and changed by that blood. It's a sacrifice that God made to love you and I. A sacrifice that he made to cause the church to be triumphant. A powerful church is a church that is on fire with the knowledge that the gospel is power. People don't want to just be a part of a club. People don't want to come here and just be a part of a social clique. I can do that at the country club down the street. I can do that at Walmart. I can sign up for parents of Walmart shoppers. I think. There are clubs that come a dime a dozen. You can make your own Facebook group. You can, you can do all those things to be a part of a community. But in order for a church to be a church of power and a church that is transforming in its work, there has to be answers to prayer. There has to be a change in lives. People are coming to our church because they hear that you can be changed here. That you can, you can find deliverance and freedom from the things that you've been through. You can go through these storms, these hurricanes that Gary was talking about in our lives. And when you do, coming to, cro to the cross, coming to Jesus, you can find deliverance. I've known people who have miraculously experienced deliverance. Their lives transformed and changed, but it was changed by the blood. The blood, the Bible says we are overcomers. By the word of our testimony, we're overcomers by the blood of the Lamb. The Bible tells us that that blood that was spilled at Calvary, it washes us, cleanses us. He says, come, let us reason together. Though your sins be as scarlet, they shall be white as snow because of the blood. The blood that Jesus Christ shed for us. See, it's all genuinely about the fact that we could not be saved. Couldn't be good enough couldn't be holy enough, couldn't be righteous. We try in our, our best efforts to be the best we can be. We try to change. We make promises to our families. We do what we can to try to make a change, but it just never happens. That's because we it can only come. There's only one way to go through. It's like that car wash. Was at a car wash the other day, and once you pushed the button and you paid and you, you got on this track, man, it just took you whether you wanted to go or not. You couldn't back out. You were, it was a done deal. And I had my window in the back was down a little bit, and I was scrounging like crazy to try to fix it. But, I mean, that belt was not stopping. 
I want to commit myself to the work that God wants to do in my life in such a way that there's no turning back. There's no change in my mind. I want a complete work. The Bible says he is faithful to complete the work that he started in me. I want to submit to him in such a way that the blood and the power of that blood at work in my life transforms me and changes me. You see, I genuinely believe there ought to be a love that's different in the church. There ought to be a love that's different. And there ought to be a servanthood that's different. There ought to be a a work in your life that transforms and changes you. How many times have I heard, well, you know, God just, he has a lot to work with with me. You know, I just am what I am and God uses me like I am. I'm like, no, he doesn't. God wants to transform you and change you. Liz, he changed me. He didn't just make me feel better he didn't just give me a get in heaven free card he literally changed me I hated people there was particular people I hated and I came to Christ Calvary's cross and the blood of of Jesus was applied to my life and I loved them it was a difference a change he changed me from being the person I was to a a brand new, the Bible says, a brand new creature in Christ Jesus, a brand new man, a brand new woman of God. He means to transform you in such a way that you're not the same as you used to be. He wants to turn your life around, and there is such power in the blood we're talking about that this is possible, but only possible through Jesus. Don't buy into the self-help. Don't buy into all the world's offers of of change and don't even buy into the message the world tries to send you that as long as you mean well you'll get there man telling you he didn't die on calvary's cross for you to be able to get in any other door there's only one road one way to christ jesus All roads do lead to God. Because every one of us will stand before Him. So whatever road you take, you're going to stand before God. That's for sure. But there's one road that leads to eternal life. And that road is Jesus Christ. This is not the message that I prepared. But this is the message that we need. The Lord wants a powerful church, a church on fire, a church that understands the value of what it means when we talk about the blood. It reaches to the highest mountain. It flows to the lowest valley. It transforms and changes our every step in life. It's changed me. Who else has it changed in here today? Stand with me. And it reaches to the highest mountain. Oh, yes, and it flows to to the lowest valley. 
you just lift up your hearts and your hands this morning to Jesus. Lord, we love you. We honor you. We thank you for the service that we've had today, the presence of God that has been here in such a wonderful way to meet the needs of people. Lord, we thank you for Jennifer and her family here today with us. We honor you and bless your name and pray, God, that you'll be with us throughout the day that you'll touch us by your mighty power. Touch every family, those that dedicated their children today. We pray in the name of Jesus that, Lord, they will sense, feel your presence throughout the day. We honor you, and we'll be back tonight, God, at 6 o'clock, coming together in your presence to one more time worship you. We give you praise and thanks. In Jesus' name we pray. And everyone together said amen. Amen. God bless you. Richard. Yes, we want to remind you that there is a meet and greet for new folks down in the uh, bookstore, right in the new uh, new in the lobby. We also want you to know, remind you again at ten o'clock next week on Sunday as Pastor Appreciation. Also in the in the uh, pews today, you'll see our fall catalog. It's got all of our small groups, our classes in it. We also want you to enjoy the uh, as you go out today. Enjoy the pop, enjoy the water. Bring them back in two weeks full of change. If you take one, we'd love to have it. And you want to take that to the Fall Festival booth right out here in the lobby. When you come back in two weeks, September the 24th, you want to bring that. And uh, this is next to the pastor. Be here at 6 o'clock tonight, Brother Marty Tackett is going to be speaking. My brother-in-law, Marty. So you want to be here tonight for that. God bless you. God bless you all.